Welcome to Do It Scared, a podcast meant to inspire and encourage women to live brave and courageous lives. I'm Liza Wild. And I'm Danielle Schnockenberg. And together we interview kick-ass women and have heart-filled conversations about facing your fears, tackling your doubts, and accomplishing some truly amazing shit. Today you've got another episode of just Danny and I, and we just want to take a moment to get kind of real and vulnerable with you about the whole community building thing, because as you're probably well aware, we're working to build our do it scared community while we're like recording all of these episodes. And it's tough, especially because both of us have a nine to five ish type situation, as well as our own side businesses and the podcast and our families. So we get where you're you're coming from if you're trying to do too much at once or if it feels that way sometimes. So this episode is going to be all about how we've been working to build our personal communities, build our podcast community, and kind of what we're struggling with there. So I guess I want to dive in, Danny, because I feel like you've been working with a content strategist, correct? Digital strategist, but yes. So yeah, we'll actually be bringing you guys our interview with the amazing Maggie (laughs) soon, and you'll get to hear all about what she does and everything. And I have learned so much from her. Community is something I've always struggled with, and I've had a a multitude of businesses at this point, ranging from a mommy blog to a fabric co-op, a design business, and of course now Feather and Wild. And community has been an important aspect of every single one of these. But they've all come differently. I found that building a community for a service-based business or a blog is very different from building a community for a product-based business. But there are some threads that I feel like kind of go through them all. And I definitely needed somebody to kind of like kick my butt and get me going because it's really easy to give up on building a community. And I'd say the number one reason for that is crickets. Yeah, Absolutely. And I feel like we talked a little bit about this with Kayla too, because, you know, her course is called Crickets to Community and it's about building that community, but it's so easy to want to feel like you have to be everywhere. So to start a Facebook group, to be on Twitter, to do these Instagram campaigns. And when you're first starting, you're rarely going to have replies. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like a part of the process, right? You have to understand that it's going to take time for people to start interacting. And I want to say that like this kind of stems from my introvertedness, but maybe it's because like someone's always afraid to say the first thing. Have you noticed that? Like in our Facebook group, like whoever posts the first comment, you are a brave fucking human being because you're the one who really gets the conversation going with everyone else. Because I feel like nobody wants to post the first comment or do the first retweet or whatever it might be. But yeah, crickets are a huge thing with community. And I, I feel like it's something that you and I are still working on not taking personally. Yes, definitely. And I know when I, my very first session with Maggie and we were talking about like growing our Facebook group here for the podcast, because this Facebook group actually doubles. It's for the podcast and we funnel a lot of our Feather and Wild clients into it. I'd say most people in the group probably came from our Feather and Wild email list at this point. So for me, like that group is like my bread and butter and like I want it to grow and I I do take it personally. In my first call with Maggie, she was going through some of the older posts. And I was like, well, I I kept, I tried posting for a little bit and I just wasn't getting anything. And 
you guys will catch this part in our interview with her. She goes, you tried three times. You tried three <laughs> times. Three times is not enough. And it, it really did hit home. I, I do remember I, I tried like three or four days in a row and didn't get anybody. So I just stopped posting. And that's just not realistic, folks. If you've tried something three times, just keep trying. You're going to get crickets, especially when your group is small and there's not a lot of traction. And it is scary to be that first one. Once you've cultivated the group and you actually have like that core of people that do reply to most of them, you'll see that it's just like a snowball at that point. But you have to get there. And I'm going to be honest, guys, we're not there yet. But I've seen it. And, you know, we've we've talked about it with people like Kayla. And I think one thing I really took from our conversation with Kayla is she, when she started the Twitter lounge. Yeah. Yes. She talked about how she actually asked people, hey, I'm doing this. Can you come participate? She She built that compact little snowball by asking people. Right. Yeah, no, I remember that because she was even talking about it when I wanted to start doing a Twitter chat. She's like, yeah, like we can totally act as your transplants or like your, you know, your baby seedlings to kind of get the the community, make it look like it's active. And even though we're like, you know, you're very close friends and we're here to support you in that. And maybe we don't necessarily stay with the community long term. We're here to help you build it up so that other people will get involved. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great, yep. great point. And it's just it's that catalyst because you're, you're taking out that it's scary to be the first person to comment because these people aren't scared to comment. These people are excited to be here to support you. And so once they kind of, they hit that icebreaker, it's easier for the people that are going to build your community and become your community and join your community to jump in because that first scary spot has already been taken. So if you are looking at starting a community and you're so afraid of the crickets and you really want to kind of get that snowball rolling, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm thankful. And it does work better with our group because there's two of us. So we automatically have that other person to kind of reply but I've also you know we have some people um, honestly my mother-in-law's in our group and she's usually the first person to comment on things and right, I love or my that. friend Chelsea yeah she's always yeah. the one who like will comment on things and that's because we've brought these people in and they want to support us and they want to help us grow and so that helps so if you're experiencing crickets go out and ask people to come support you and to help you because it's going to get that snowball rolling for you right And in addition to putting that ask out there and getting your supportive, like in real life or online friends and family to help is also the consistent factor of needing to post. And, you know, you touched on this briefly about you did it three or four days in a row and then stopped. We're still trying to get into our routine of making sure that we are consistently in our Facebook group, trying to talk to you guys, trying to get to know you guys. And right now what that looks like for us is scheduling out these like daily prompts ahead of time. And even that, we've dropped the ball a couple of times. And yes. you know, we get we get caught up in other things and suddenly it's the day of and we might have had a draft post, but we forgot to actually hit the schedule button. So what we're working on specifically right now, I think, is consistently asking you guys to tell us more about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what episode you liked, what you didn't like, and just wanting to get to know you more because that's really what our podcast is about is inspiring you and encouraging you to, you know, get out of your comfort zone, but connecting with you. Like we so desperately want to be your friend and learn more about all of you. And in the spirit of you all learning more about us, I, my confession, I suck at consistency. <laughs> Me too. Yep. And I think that's really a human trait for the most part. I, I seriously think most humans 
suck at consistency. Now, don't get me wrong. We like our routines. Mm-hmm. I love my routines. But if I'm trying to build something that is not yet part of my routine, it's hard. And I will, you know, hands straight up in the air. I suck at consistency, guys. And that's where I think it's great that we do have these tools. Like, I freaking love co-schedule. That's that's right. my baby right now. Because it does allow me to, okay, well, maybe instead of having to make this a routine, you know, a habit every day, maybe if I can just sit down on Sundays for 20 minutes and get these things in here. And so take some shortcuts. And even I, I know some people struggle, especially when it comes to building community with scheduling things, because that sometimes can feel like it's taking away some of the authenticity. And I know I struggled with that. And something else Maggie and I actually talked about was that that's not really taking away from your authenticity. It's taking one thing off your plate, which allows you to put more energy into monitoring those and replying to those because you can focus on, hey, everything's scheduled out for the day. So I can actually sit down and, you know, take instead of all of that time going into thinking up captions and scheduling it all out and putting all of that brain work into that, instead I get to take all that energy and focus it on on you, on my community, on chatting with you and getting to know you rather than my brain trying to come up with all these other things I need to post today. So I, I love decision fatigue and all the things you can do to really like take that out. And so you're not losing authenticity by scheduling. You're freeing up your authenticity to actually interact one-on-one. And I know that was kind of a, a hump I had to get over when it came to, you know, using scheduling tools and that kind of thing. For sure. And in line with that, I want to talk a little bit about the need that we feel like where we have to be everywhere, right? To yes. be on all the different social platforms and how that can make all of your, whether you schedule it or do it the day of, like it just exponentially adds to your workload there. And it can be a lot because, you know, even this past weekend, I sat down and added in some prompts for our Facebook group, but then it came time to do Twitter. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I, I just had to write out like long paragraphs or, you know, longer posts for the Facebook group. And now all I have to come up with is 140 characters and I'm, I'm like tapped out. I don't want to do that. But I think one thing that you and I are really trying to focus on right now with our like social media and outreach is to kind of focus on where we think we'll have the biggest impact and slowly branch out from there. So Facebook groups are generally easier for you and I to participate in, I think, and really monitor because let's be real, we probably check it a million times a day already as is. Yeah, so to, to, get, <laughs> to get that, you know, the notification icon letting us know that one of our Facebook group members has commented or reached out or something, it's it's just easier to check it there. And then what we've been doing on our other platforms, you know, Instagram and Twitter, while we still love them, we've they've just been a little bit more generic as far as here's the new episode, here's a quote from it, something like that. Not to say that we're not going to dedicate more time to those, but we're actually doing it more in like a, a process. So really trying to get Facebook worked into our daily or weekly routine or whatever. And once that's solid and we're consistent on there, then maybe we look at, you know, upping our Instagram game and making sure everything on there is, you know, fun and interactive as well and do some community building there. And then maybe we take it to Twitter or something like that. But that idea that it's so much more important to focus on the quality of your content and you're interacting with your community than the quantity of the content you're putting out there and how many platforms you're on. Oh, absolutely. And it's so much better to show up consistently and well in one place than to show up 
kind of met in a bunch of places. Yes. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Twitter is not my thing. <laughs> right. And I mean, I, you know, I, in my brain, I'm like, it would be great to have a Twitter chat, but right now I just kind of find that it's annoying. So I'm almost just like, do we even bother updating Twitter? Cause we don't get a ton of engagement there anyway. Right. Like, is it really I'm, a good use of our time? Exactly. And I've kind of taken to looking at it as a funnel. Mm-hmm. And right now we're funneling everything into the Facebook group. That's right. where we want everybody to come. We advertise the Facebook group in our emails, on Instagram, on my website, like everywhere. Yeah. You even get it a couple of times, like in our like mid episode breaks now. Yeah. Right. That's where the energy is going. So that's where everything's going. So in theory, if we are posting to Twitter, we're wanting to funnel people who find us on Twitter into the Facebook group. Right. So if you do feel like you do need a presence on a couple different platforms, pick one to be your main. One is your bread and butter, and that's where you're going to put the core of your energy and let the other ones just funnel into that. So then you don't feel like you have to put absolutely amazing, constant, long-form content on the ones that you just don't have the energy to put into right now. And for me, that's Twitter. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure I will ever love Twitter like Kayla loves Twitter. <laughs> um, it's just not my thing. But I'm growing more into Instagram. Yeah. While I love Facebook, I do find Facebook is a time suck. Right. And I'm easily so- distracted. Yes. And groups are great because especially now with the groups app and all those things, you can go directly to your groups. And I mean, on my laptop, I can't even see the newsfeed. I have a extension in Chrome that is kill newsfeed. So I cannot get sucked into it. But when I'm working in Firefox and I open it up in there 30 minutes later, I'm like, what, what what was I doing? Why did I come over here? So like, I know that and I put the tools in to do that. But I also know that other people are just as fed up with Facebook and that kind of thing. So being able to target that helps. And I'm really loving Instagram because I feel like I don't get as lost. Eventually I get tired of scrolling and I'm, I actually have been known to like set a timer. Maybe I need to do that for Facebook too. Um, (laughs) But I like, I feel like the engagement is a little more one-on-one and I can build those one-on-one relationships better on Instagram than I can on Facebook without dealing with like crazy boundary issues and stuff of DMs and everything else that comes with Facebook. That's a good point. Because, you know, we are using a Facebook group, whereas in with our Heather or our conversation with Heather in our last episode, she prefers her personal page. Like she doesn't have a Facebook group or if she does. I don't think it's it's something she, she doesn't focus on. Yeah. But she she actually just friends people. And for some people like Heather, I guess that works. But I personally like if I have to talk to you, you know, a couple of times one on one. Sure, I'll add you on Facebook. But for the most part, I struggle with letting people into that deep of um, a commitment, I guess, because, you know, there are going to be things that we disagree on. And there are going to be parts of my life that I would prefer to share for just friends, uh, like in real life friends and family and stuff like that. So um, yeah, definitely the privacy there. And I, I, I think I agree that Instagram gives you the ability to do that one-on-one interacting without necessarily breaking those privacy boundaries. Yes. And I guess the other thing I'm taking from this is definitely community is going to look different for our listeners, for us. I, I love talking to Heather because her community is far different from the community that I want and I'm trying to build. And right, I love yeah. that community can mean whatever you want it to mean to you. If you want to have amazing 
intense one-on-ones with people, by all means, use your personal Facebook group to build your, your personal Facebook page to build your community. If you are a very visual person who likes one-on-one without quite that much, maybe Instagram is your thing. If you're the one-to-many type, build your community in a Facebook group or a business Facebook page. Like, Figure out what community means to you, what level of relationship you want to have, figure out the the platform that's going to suit you for that and go for it. Just don't give up because you're hearing crickets because you're going to at first. Sure. So let's for a second talk about our Instagram and everything, because I know that this is something that we keep wanting to get off the ground. Um, And a lot of this is just a matter of making the visuals that go with it, right? Because Instagram, you have to have a photo to post with it. I feel like you and I struggle sometimes to get those scheduled out and to get a consistent feed going there because we're a podcast. Like we don't always have a great visual to go with what we want to share. Now, see, I'm kind of the opposite on this. I can create visuals like it's nobody's business. But when it comes time to write those captions, that's my freeze point. And I always hear batch them out, batch them out, batch them out. And I'm like, but then they all sound the same. And I yeah. do like, and I, this could be me being overly critical of myself, but I find that no matter what I'm doing, if I'm making videos, if I'm writing posts, even blog posts and emails, I have those phrases that I tend to overuse. And if you all listen to season one of this, you could probably spout off the top of your head a couple of my phrases. <laughs> and so when I'm writing them, when I, when I'm talking, I don't always hear them, but when I'm writing them, I see them and like I freeze up because I start either feeling like everything I'm writing sounds cheesy feeling like I'm repeating the same phrases, like captions are my kryptonite. I can create the visuals. (laughs) So here's the one thing though, like creating visuals. Yes, we can find a pretty stock photo and add a quote to it, but we've talked about not always wanting that to be the thing, right? Like remembering to take a photo of ourselves on the day that we do like Friday introductions or something. And that's where I think I forget because I'm not someone who has my phone on me constantly. There are days where it will pretty much stay in my purse all day long and I'll like go to charging in at the end of the day and it'll have like four missed calls and a bunch of text messages. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like I don't need to be tied to that. So remembering to take that photo, especially because I don't always have my phone on me is very difficult. Okay, let's all take a moment (laughs) to be sad envious of her lack of attachment to her phone. Guys, I'm sitting here with my Apple Watch because even though my phone is on the floor so you all don't hear it vibrate, I can't stand and not know what's going on. Um, <laughs> the only reason I am not attached to my phone is because I spent three years working in a restaurant and the pants that I was – and it wasn't as a server, I was as a manager. The pants I would wear did not have pockets, so I literally couldn't carry it on me. So I wore like an actual like Timex watch and my phone just hung out in my office and because I looked at my watch for the time all the, like for the time of the day instead of actually at my phone, once I left the restaurants, I I like never pull my phone out unless I hear it ring. Awesome. I do find my phone lives in my bag a lot more. And I think that's actually helped. Like I don't scroll Instagram as much. I don't scroll Facebook as much since getting my watch because if there's a phone call or a notification, I can see it. But it's so hard to do anything from the watch that like I notice it. Is this really important? And I move on. So set your boundaries around whatever platform you're going to use too. And it, it is hard when you aren't used to having your phone. It's to take those pictures and to have that more authentic feed. Because if you are using, oh gosh, who was it? It was Paul Jarvis because I texted you and I yeah, got yeah. his email a couple weeks ago. So if you guys aren't familiar with Paul Jarvis, he is a web designer who has an amazing 
email content strategy. He actually teaches MailChimp. He's got some great courses and stuff. He doesn't do a blog. He sends out one email every week. It's on Sundays. It's his Sunday post. And a couple weeks ago, it was all about how inspirational quotes on social media are a waste of time for both you and your audience. And we don't really do a whole lot of inspirational quotes. We tend to pull quotes from our episodes, which I feel is a different category. If you're just throwing up some quote by Henry Ford, guys, we live in Detroit area. Henry (laughs) Ford is like the thing here. So I kind of laugh every time I see anybody post a Henry Ford quote. If you're posting just random quotes like that, is it really serving? Did anybody ever like get up and change their life because they saw an inspirational quote over a pretty stock photo on Instagram? Right. No. And so that's not serving your thing. And so like that definitely was kind of an eye opener for me that, okay, when we are working on our visuals, when we are working on our content strategy, let's make sure it's not full of fluff. Let's make sure we're being authentic. And that does make it harder because it's super easy to sit there and make all of your visuals just hello, unsplash, hello, right? list of quotes, merge. And coming up with content for your social media that isn't just fluff, that is authentic, does add a layer of difficulty. And it's very easy to find yourself saying, well, what I'm doing today is not Instagram pretty. I've taken Instagram courses and everything is always about making sure you're curated and it goes together. Yes, it's cohesive and it's branded. And I think there is a certain level of that that does need to happen. You don't want to have a feed full of absolutely crappy photos. If you are using fonts for your photos for anything, hey, let's make sure they're cohesive and it's not 60 million fonts all over the place. Mm -hmm. I think there is a level of that needs to go in, but I think it's also very easy to get caught up in flat light product photo, inspirational quote, right? photo from everyday life that must be pretty, perfect lighting, all this. And then when you do set those levels of perfectionism, it's really easy to get caught up in that. Right. And then you just don't post. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that because I'm in the same boat, I took a couple of like different Instagram courses or watched a couple of webinars and they're like, yeah, cohesive, like same color palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to an extent, I think that looks good. But even now I find myself looking through Instagram sometimes and it might be a specific hashtag or I might just be scrolling and I'm suddenly realizing that I can't tell some of these accounts apart because it's all the same like white, gray, metallics, blush pink Instagram feed. And it's, it just, it all blends together. And so I find myself unfollowing a lot of these accounts that I used to like follow because I respected their Instagram game. Now I'm unfollowing them because one, they're not inspiring me to be better or do something. And two, it just, it's too much of the same thing. So one of my favorite accounts to follow is Lauren Frontiera of Grit and Glitter Co., who's going to be coming on next month because her like layout, she has her quotes ever occasionally, and it's not like every other one, and it's all on brand, but her photos are very bright, very colorful, but she takes them throughout her days. And she might, you know, schedule everything out ahead of time if she needs to, but it also just comes across as being so in the moment without without blending it all together. Like it looks like, and I hate to use this word, but like a normal person's Instagram as opposed to like a podcast Instagram or something like that. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Without of, course I had to, of course I had to pull it up and go look. And yeah, I love hers. I love that it's a mixture of the types of photos and you get to see her in her everyday life and you get to see some of the super branded type things. Yeah. But it is very, it feels very authentic. And 
I mean, I've actually spent a lot of time looking at Instagram profiles lately because I majorly overhauled our Feather and Wild account. And Mm -hmm. with our new launch, I wanted to kind of class it up a little bit and really looked at who I was following because who I follow on those accounts is where I draw inspiration from and where I figure out what my, that's my community. And so I, when I'm designing the new collection and stuff, I'm looking at where are people at in their lives and what are they doing and what are they loving? And so I spent a lot of time looking through accounts of people that follow me and that I follow. And it's really easy to tell who's on Instagram to make a buck who's on Instagram for the sake of being on Instagram and who's doing it, the the two of them together well. And it is, it's very easy to look at an account and decide that. And it's easy to go through my feed now and pick out people I don't want to follow anymore or people that I really hope are following me based on what they're posting. And the thing is you have to really know what kind of community you're wanting to build. If you are looking to, be known as an expert in a field, yeah, you're probably going to post a little bit less real life in your feed. And I think that's a great part of Instagram stories now is because you can have that more authentic. And guys, if you really want to get to know somebody you're following, watch their Instagram stories. That's where all the authenticity Mm -hmm. is. And I know that's something that we really need to put a lot more effort into too so you guys can see more of our day-to-day. I think that's a great way to blend the professionalism with the authentic everyday type stuff. But what it comes down to is what you post has to reflect the type of community you want to be built and how you want that community to see you. If you want them to really get to know you, post more of that everyday stuff. If you want to be viewed as an expert, maybe post a little bit less, but make sure that you are doing that with your community in mind and how you want that relationship to be formed. Sure. And so now with us trying to build the podcast Instagram and really build our community there as well, I just want to let our listeners know that our intention is to connect with you and Do we hope that soon we can, you know, make a little money off the podcast to at least support the podcast and and pay for the the subscriptions that we need to run it? Yes. But are we trying to make a quick buck off of you to, you know, support our own lives? Not necessarily. So know that anything we've got coming your way is absolutely for connecting with you and connecting our listeners with one another. And that's what this podcast is all about. That's what Do It Scared's all about. The whole point of Do It Scared was to share the stories of people that are getting outside of their comfort zone, telling fear to shut up and sit down and doing things. The podcast is not, it wasn't born for us to talk at you all. It was born to share these stories and to inspire you all to get up and do things. And the the core of that, the key to that being a success is you all interacting. We want to hear the stories. We want to share the stories. And building the community is such an integral part of this podcast serving its purpose that without it, it really can't exist. So we want you all to reply. We, and that's why we created the Facebook group because it's kind of hard to reply to a podcast. When you do a blog post, it's really easy to type a comment. When you send out an email blast, it's really easy to hit reply. But when you guys are listening to us on the podcast, you can't just raise your hand and talk. So that's why we love, that's why we created the Facebook group. And that's why we're really starting to put all this energy into building it and wanting you all to come join us over there is because we want to hear your stories. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you're celebrating. We want to know what you're struggling with because that's what it's all about. 
Right. And that's how we find our guests for this show too. I mean, you know, all of our 2017 lineup are people that we've interacted in with in other communities. So, you know, whether that is a Facebook group on Instagram, in real life, whatever, it's how we find people and getting to know you, learning your story, learning about the crazy shit that you're doing. That's how this podcast is going to continue to evolve and continue to inspire other people to do the same thing. So we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up for you and it might take us a little while. I'm not going to lie. It's going to take us a little bit to get into the habit of this, but I think you guys have all been so supportive and so understanding. And I just want to say that I love you guys. (laughs) We really do. And so I guess this is a perfect place to end it today. Guys, we're, this is kind of a call out. Come join us in the Facebook group. Come help build the Do It Scared community because we want to help build your communities too. And that's what this is all about. We want to inspire you. We want to be inspired by you. We want to encourage you. We want to see you all encouraging your other. And we really just want to connect with you guys. So we want to see your communities. We want to see what you're doing. Come join us in ours so we can help you. That's a wrap. What a fantastic conversation. And it doesn't have to end here. Continue to chat with us over the Do It Scared Facebook group. There you can connect with Liza and I, as well as many of our amazing listeners. And to make sure that you don't miss a single episode, be sure to subscribe to Do It Scared on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you've enjoyed these conversations, do us a quick favor and leave a rating and review on iTunes. It seriously means the world to us and helps get our podcast in front of new listeners every day. 